This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. Uh, Damien, there's been a bit of controversy on Twitter today. Let's get right into it. What is the best Bond theme? Ah, oh, you know what? I wake up and you get me all you get me all rattled. You get me all hyped up because uh, I didn't like what I saw. I know, between between you and uh, good old WH, your new boyfriend. I don't like this. Um, obviously, obviously, the best Bond uh, theme song is "A View to a Kill" by the great and mighty. Duran Duran, uh, it, 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 and I don't, I don't even think I'm just saying that because I'm um, I'm a massive Duran fan. I've been all my life, got every album, every 12 inch single, everything. Even though some of their later stuff has been shit, but you know, listen, they had a nice Rio is fucking one of the greatest albums of all time. I, I don't care what I'll fight anybody. I'll fight you. I'll fight anybody about that. Um, but if you know, kills great song. I mean, what would be second? Like. Um, you what did you say, Goldfinger? Yeah, Goldfinger. It's an absolute banger. That look, listen, one banger. day in the future. Yeah, you, you and I. I don't know where. I don't know when, but we're gonna go for karaoke. Yes, and we'll have a, a bond off with oh. bond th- theme songs. I tell you what, I'll fucking nail a View to a Kill, and a View to a Kill is hard because they got that they got those high notes that even Simon fucked up at Live Aid. <laughs> so wait, I gotta tell this quick, quick, real quick. Here's a story from Uncle Damon. Here's a story from some point in his life. Here's a story from Uncle Damon. And it may be about wrestling, or perhaps include his wife. So it's like one of my first concerts I ever went to was Live Aid. You know what Live Aid is, right? The whole Band-Aid thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the original Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof. Yep, absolutely, right? So uh, JFK Stadium in Philadelphia is where the U.S. portion was. So I, you know, I'm there. I'm like, oh, my God. And then they announced, like, you know, Duran Duran was going to be there. So, of course, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go see this, right? So I didn't have a pot to piss in. I didn't have any money. But um, I think I had a paper route or I did something or I washed car. I don't know what I did. Um, maybe I sold crap. I have no idea what I sold. But I got money for these fucking tickets. And it was me and my sister and my sister's friend. And we went to Live Aid. And it was the hottest day I can ever remember. It was so balls-ass hot. And this is how, like, I don't know. You know how, like, sometimes just because you're poor doesn't necessarily mean you have to be stupid. But I was poor and stupid. I had, I don't know why, I had these brown corduroy pants on. Uh, you know, jeans, but they were corduroy. So they were thick and in the middle of this heat wave. And I'm like, uh, so it was all day. And it, um, sweat my ass off. And then, uh, yeah, I was there for, for Duran Duran. And they did, they opened with a view to a kill on their set. And there's, the, there's this high note and Simon fucking, ugh, I, I mean, it is one of the most biggest 
sour notes in the history of music. It's online. I'm sure you can see it on YouTube if you really wanted to. But he hits this note, and everybody was just like, "Whoa!" And it's pretty. Pardon the pun. It's pretty notorious um, how Simon fucked it up. But yes, I challenge you. And if if you know if and when we we meet up with uh, WH if he's coming over here, but I don't know. Whatever, we'll, we'll figure that out. I challenge you to a bond off, and I will be doing the great of you to a kill by Duran Duran. So there we go. We got a triple threat karaoke bond off there. We'll have to get that on video somehow, and let let the viewers be the judges on who wins that. Nice. Could be another Cartwheel death match. This is this is a all right. Let's do it. You know, let's do let's do it for uh, a cartwheel. All if, if we do it, um, I don't know how the fuck we're going to do it, but we, you know, loser takes a cartwheel. Loser takes a cartwheel. Absolutely, loser takes. So a whoever's cartwheel. got the fewest votes after the designated voting periods has to do a cartwheel. Yep, I agree one hundred percent. And but here's the thing: I, I'm telling you right now, you're at a disadvantage because I've been singing this song for years. Right, I, I probably will. No, sing it. I've, I've been practicing golfing for, uh, for a long time since uh, the British comedy series I'm Malin Partridge came out, which was made famous by him walking down the hard shoulder, swinging a carrier bag full of tungsten tip screws and antifreeze, uh, singing the classic with a uh, uh, golf finger. So I've been practicing too, Damon. Don't underestimate my skills. All right, I'm, I'm, now I'm excited. Now I want this to happen. Somebody pay for my trip to Japan so I can get over there. <laughs> I can, I can, uh, I can challenge this. I can, we can make this happen uh, in 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 Tokyo. This would be uh, a wonderful moment in the history of our show and post show, and it just be uh, an amazing time. All right, um, we have pro wrestling. Uh, all right, well, listen, I'm going to let you carry uh, us here, along here and, and drive the the boat. What what are we talking about here? Well, let's talk about Christmas first, Damon. Uh, TJ asks, are you going to buy your wife? The hottest product on Amazon, the Daryl Takahashi bikini. You showed me that. Like I didn't like. Uh, no, I didn't like it. Like, and I'm not. I'm not like the the anti Daryl guy either. Um, I was just like, ooh, that's. I don't. I know. I don't. I. I don't know. I do. You, let me ask you this: And Mrs. Rolls out in in one in that. Are, are you uh, you getting extra excited? <laughs> you getting extra excited to to whip off the Daryl bikini? Yeah, because it's going to make me think of Hiromu, and thinking about Hiromu obviously is going to make me more excited. <laughs> okay, all right then, all right. But I, you want to want to peel back the curtain? You walked right into that one, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I really did. I was a sucker. Um, you you want so do you when you are uh, being intimate with your with your uh, significant other. We're really going there, aren't we? Yeah, Six yeah, minutes going... into the podcast. Yeah, yeah we're going in. It's, it's the Christmas show. Come on. Um, we, we might have new listeners this time because of what's coming up. So I know. They're, I know. Getting, they're getting the full <laughs> scope of the Super J cast They here. really are. Oh, my God. They really are. They don't know what the fuck they're listening to right now. Um, do you have... Do you think... Kevin of... Kelly endorses this shit? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um... Do you think of other things? Like, what do you think of to help you progress uh, in the uh, in, in in the session duration? Do you think of other things? 
help for things to progress. I, I'm trying to think of things to slow it down, Damon. <laughs> really? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, like you, you, yeah, to, to kind of take your mind off of what's Oh, well, so pr- progress, it made yeah. it sound like I'm trying to speed things up. No, like no, I'm no, no, to get no, out no. Of there. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a show to do, miss. Come on. I, I got to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling here. Uh, no, I mean, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so you're asking me what do I think about yeah. during intercourse to yeah. uh, prevent climax? Exactly correct. Uh, a whole range of things, you know, work I've got to do, um, stuff that's stressing me out. You, really? um, you I don't know, gruesome to? football injuries. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you don't have a go-to. Like, I always have a go-to. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I got, I got two. Eduardo, Eduardo de Silva and Aaron Ramsey. Just horrific leg breaks. They, they were old faithful for me. All right, I have, uh, I have two that focus around pro wrestling. Uh, one is Barry. I don't know why it's Barry Windham against Ric Flair from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like an almost a natural instinct of I go right to that match uh, and or Barry Windham, Barry Windham, making love to your wife. You're thinking about Barry Windham, Barry Windham. And the exact match, I can tell you the exact match. I I, I can almost go through the match in my head, move for move um, and and how it was broadcasted on TV. And then um, the other one is um, Liger and Naoki Sano. Um, from 91, where Liger gets the mask ripped off and he's bloodied. And Why uh, am I not surprised you were thinking about Liger during sex? Well, you know, we, you know, what <laughs> What can I say? But yes, it's it's those two. And then sometimes it's hockey. Like sometimes I'll throw in like a little hockey reference things. But um, usually it's sports. And, and, and uh, But I guarantee you, I would say eight, at least 80% of the time my mind instantly goes, like when it's in trouble, it's just like, whoa, you know, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bail out mentally, churn off. Um, it's Barry Windham, Ric Flair. Barry Windham, Ric Flair. Congratulations, Barry Windham and Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful with that Liger one because your mind might switch to, you know, that photo of yeah. hunky, sexy Liger from his earlier days. You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, there's many of them. I mean, uh, you know, you know, there's, there, there, there's a few. There's a few that, that I might uh, might lose control, but yes, it's uh, um, that those are my those are my trips. So, kids, if you're listening, um, you know, try try some of these tips. You know, <laughs> oh, God, imagine imagine the. I wish we could see the subscriber count grow, right, and then and just see a duration of time. So we're like about ten minutes in, and just to see the people who unsubscribe, 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 unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would imagine Kevin Kelly listening to this with his head in his hands. Right, right. What have I done? Guy, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, right, I gave you a golden I gave you the golden ticket and you totally fucked it up. Oh boy. All right, well listen. We're just having fun here. It's the Christmas show. It's not always like this, is it, Joel? Uh it is usually this bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. No lie. All right. Uh so we got that out of the way. We got uh, okay. So we, you're not getting the the Daryl Takashi bikini for Mrs. Damon for Christmas. What about a ticket for the Okada cruise, which Okada accidentally posted about and then quickly deleted and apologized for? You're going to be taking the misses on the romantic Okada cruise. I, I I told you before. I said that that is a lot more interesting to me than the Jericho cruise. That's for sure. Right? I mean, imagine a drunk Yano 
you know, with his with his skipper cap on, right? <laughs> Rolling, what is it, the, the cruise director, the master of ceremonies? Oh, that would be great. You're right up I'm imagining, yeah, you know, like, you know, unbuckles the, the turnbuckle pads. I'm imagining running over to, like, a control panel or something and just, like, him ripping wires and buttons and things off of it going, ah! Right, or, or like, the... the uh, the uh, lifeboats. <laughs> like he's dropping all the lifeboats. <laughs> like, wait, we need those. Maybe, come on, safety first. Hitting yeah. people over the head with life jackets. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, that, that sounds a lot more fun, right, to me than than the Jericho Cruise. The Jericho Cruise is like is like your annoying neighbor, uh, you know, who has a motorcycle and decides to mow his lawn at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, and when he has that his big summer blowout, right? That that's and he's playing like you know Led Zeppelin, right? That's that's what what Jericho's Cruise reminds me of, like that kind of kegger, um, like a like a forty or fifty year old guy kegger. That's what it reminds me of. I think uh, the Okada Cruise would be a little bit more fun, a little bit more dignified. Uh, still, still, you know, you're gonna let your hair down a bit, but um, a little bit more refined. Okay, let's get stuck into the news then. The LA New Japan show sold out in less than 20 minutes, and same for the Charlotte and Grady Cole. With a first day sellout of the tickets put on sale, so more tickets will be put on sale soon. So those are all sold without a single name being announced for these shows. So what do you make of this? I think it's great. Uh, I, I'll have you know, Joel, that I'll be at Charlotte. Um, a, a secret Santa. Uh, had Your sugar daddy. <laughs> sugar, my sugar daddy. Um, had... Uh, Purchased me a ticket. I did not know. I was like, you know, it was kind of a came of as a shock. But I will be there apparently, from what I understand, Joel, in the front row. So I, uh, I'll be at Charlotte. So we'll we'll talk you know more as that comes along and you know all that stuff. But uh, Grady Cole Center is, uh, I believe, a three thousand seater. I'm not sure about what um, the the LA location is. But here's the thing. It's great news, right? It really is. I mean, it's. I, I really feel like that that New Japan is super ultra conservative when it comes to their estimation of what buildings they can run and what they can't run. And I know um, that the, the you know the they're, they're trying to hook up with local promoters that can help you know get the ring and set up venue and all that stuff. Uh, even with that said, I, I really think that they they could shoot higher. They really could. I, I don't think, and I don't know what buildings are in that area um, that they could really run in. I don't know if they're going to run in like the main building where Charlotte has an NBA team, don't they? I think they do. Um, but you know, they're not going to run the big, 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 the big building. Well, you know, maybe they can. They could. You know, I had to cover the Flyers last night or yesterday afternoon, um, the hockey team in the area, and it's 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 in the big building. And where WWE run shows, um, and I'm really, I was really thinking, I was like, you know, they could do this building. I really feel like the buzz is there for them, and and the interest is there for them that they could run a big building. But then I was thinking, like, I wonder how difficult it would be, and and I say that with with WWE interference because I know WWE will be you know, to the people who, you know, are booking buildings. They'll, they'll. I guarantee you, they'll be like, "Listen, you book them, you can't book us." And then people get scared because the people who are in charge of booking buildings, they don't know fucking pro wrestling from anything, right? They don't know what's hot and they don't know what's whatever. 
Um, and so they, you know, they get all shaken in their boots, like, oh, WWE's gone, even though we only get 2,000 people here. But uh, it's the WWE, and that's what I know. And Jimmy Snooker, Chief J. Zhongbo. Um, <laughs> because everybody I talk to, who, anytime they mention wrestling, they, that those are the two wrestlers they have to fucking mention. Um, yeah. I think they don't add them to the mental sex list. G.J. <laughs> Strongbow, as he squats in the ring, as he gets beat up by Greg Valentine. Um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I think they could. I really do. Logistics aside. And here's the thing. The proof's in the pudding. All they got to be is, is say, hey, look, we sold out Madison Square Garden in 20 minutes. Right? We, we could sell your building. We could, we could sell your building. So, um, I wish they would shoot higher, but it's good news. I'm happy for them. Uh, they just got to deliver on these shows. I really hope it's just not one of these, you know, glor- you know I don't want to see, with all due respect, I don't want to see David Finley against Kenny Omega. Okay, well, I've got two questions then to sort of elaborate on that. One shot by Lou says, will we get more NJPW shows in the South going forward? And Commando Ray says, what tier of NJPW stars will we see in the US shows? That I, I wish I had an answer for. I mean, they have a bloated roster. They can they can send people over. Um, people I think that... I think we'll get the uh, Shibata LA Dojo trainees. Yep, for yep. sure. And probably I think the US champion, whoever that is, I'm assuming it's going to be Juice Robinson. But that would seem like a good sh- a good show to send someone like Juice over to headline with a US title defense against uh, a US based guy. I don't know, maybe. I don't know, someone like a, a Jeff Cobb or a, a Zack Sabre Jr. or someone like that. Yeah, I think I think you're on the mark there. And, of course, <clears throat> it seems like every U.S. tour you're going to get Los Ingobernables. <laughs> so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, like, the Ligers of the world. So, I, again, I don't know if it's going to be – and, again, I don't, I don't know. I don't even think they know right now. Um, they're not going to announce anything, you know. Not even you know, we got to get past this big dome show here, um, so we got time for that. But um, I just hope that they're they're diligent in quickly announcing matches. I mean, let's put it this way: they don't have to. It's already sold out, so you know they they could announce something the day of, and you know what are you going to do? It's sold out. Um, but I, I I I don't know if you're going to get massive names. I don't know if you're going to get an like a, like a heavyweight title defense. Or an intercontinental title defense. I don't. I, I don't know. I would. I would say it's probably less than fifty percent that I feel that. But uh, but yeah, the names that you mentioned, I think, is are. I would think. I let's put it this way. I'm focused on those names being there. Damon, I totally forgot to mention the most important thing today: the the real Christmas present that we have for the listeners, which is our amazing interview that we did with Kevin Kelly, and it's brilliant. I'm even if I say so myself. I was shocked at how, how well we managed to pull it off. Me too. Uh, so that that that's going to be added to the end of this show. So you'll have to listen to all of this shit first, and then you get to the good stuff at the end. Yep, you got to eat your dinner before you get your dessert, um, or hit fast forward, whatever you want to. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, let, let's embed it in the middle then. <laughs> Just get a random point in the middle, <laughs> right. so people don't know where to skip to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm proud of it. You know, um, it's it's one of the it's one of one of those things where you know when it was done, I I you know we're texting back and forth as 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 the interview is going on, and you know we're like you know 
this is this is good. We're, you know, this, this is good. And here's the thing with Kevin. Kevin is such a great guy in the sense that he's always willing to cooperate with shows like us. He straddles the line. Discord and rhyme. There's a Duran Duran lyric right there. Uh, he straddles the line between fan and uh, employee and work and sh- you know he he really does and it, he does it so gracefully that you sometimes you don't even know wh- what you're getting you know what i mean like is, is like is he promoting a show now or is he you know um and there are a couple moments where even i'm sh- you know shooting a text at 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 uh joel and it's like shit okay this is good this is meaty stuff this is what we're looking for and and literally it was we got a hold of him he got on. We kind of gave him, okay, we're going to do a little countdown. But first, we talked about, you know, just meeting up in Tokyo and, uh, you know, for Joel, you know, meeting up. And um, we talked a little bit about, you know, my, the year before, the year previous. And I don't know, just, you know, kind of that kind of small talk stuff. And then uh, it, it was – Joel, uh, Joel, we were like, we're going to do a countdown and we're just going to go away and, you know, take as long as you want. And he just took the ball and ran with it. And it was great. Um, so again, that's coming up. I, I stick around for that. It's really enjoyable. I think everybody will, will enjoy it a lot. And it's pretty cool for us. Uh, for me personally, I'm going to speak for myself that we have now been on podcast with two out of the three uh, English announced team for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And I you think, consider you think them we're going to ever get Don, Don Chaos on here? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say hmm probably not. I I don't think uh I don't think Don is uh, a a podcast uh guest uh he, he's not cut from that cloth. The 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 podcast guest, I don't I don't think he's into that. Okay, um, <laughs> Mally's just walked in here brushing her teeth because she does not give a fuck. Um, I'm just going to crack on then. So some business news from the... Uh, now Scampi's joining in too. Some business news from the Observer. Uh, no numbers have been released yet, but two New Japan sources, as well as their Twitter account, have said that the ticket sales for the Tokyo Dome are still ahead of the pace of last year's show. Ticket sales went from 26,192 in 2017 to 34,995 in 2018. What do you think the number will be this time? Um, I think they break the well. I mean, in the building they'll break forty, right? So paid. I'm gonna say forty. I'm gonna say forty-two paid. I'm gonna go forty-two. Hmm, that would be pretty big achievement for them to break forty. That'd be a big increase from last year. It would. What do you attribute that to? A better card or just the product being hotter? Both. A hotter card, uh, a a product that is hotter. I mean, profitability kind of goes along with that estimated growth, right? So um, if we continue those trends, I think I think paid – I think oh, there will be over 40 paid. I, I think definitely over 40 paid, I, I would predict. And, I'll, and again, what did I set my number at? 42? 42 paid? I'll go 42 paid. Why not? Sure. Let's look, let's put this uh, I know a lot of people that are going that haven't gone before, right? And again, that that usually is a decent barometer of how you know what what's going to happen when you get to Tokyo, because 
as as weird as this is, it's still, from my understanding and my experience, it's still a pretty big walk up um, city for pro wrestling. In other words, day of people are buying tickets day of, right? Um, and even though tickets are are ahead of last year's trends, right, and 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 pace, uh, it's still a, a walk up city. So I'm expecting. A big walk up because correct me if I'm wrong. It's on the weekend of a, of a holiday, right? So, you know that that's always. Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to go to the show? Let's go. Uh, let's do it. So, I I think you're going to get a, an even bigger walk up than and weather. But you know what? Even weather is not that ba- not that much of a detriment. Um, again, I can't speak for everybody, but it's really it, it doesn't seem like it is. So, but if it's a nice day, I think 42 is definitely doable. All right, sticking with the ticket news, and in the Observer, they're talking about New Year's Dash, and they say New Year's Dash is impossible unless you are Japanese and lucky. It's insane they still got Kraken Hall because fan club alone ticket requests were 10,000 tickets, not including anyone who isn't a member of the fan club and any foreigners, since only Japanese residents can be in the fan club. So the number of seats they could sell is probably enough to fill Budokan Hall, and they're running Kraken. So, Damon, do you think it's time that they moved away from Kraken for New Year's Dash? I'm I'm split on this. Um, There's one side of the coin where, as weird as this sounds, I like the idea of 2,200 people being in that building, right? And it's it's you're the you're you're lucky, you 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 know some. It's it's kind of like the hot concert, right? Or the you know your the the big band is coming to town, but they're also playing this small club that no you know that everyone's trying to get into. There is something about that that I, that that resonates with me that makes it feel even cooler or important or whatever whatever you want to do. Um, I only know you 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 don't have tickets for Dash, right? No, I don't. Okay, maybe maybe we we text Kevin Kelly and see what he can do. Um, WH Park does he have access to Dash? I don't think so. I think we all got our tickets through Jojo Remy, and he applied for Dash, but was unsuccessful. Okay. I know Real Hero Eric does not have tickets. Mackie does not have tickets. Uh, Our usual hookup for Dash tickets uh, was unable to get tickets, right? And unable to book Yano's, right? You can't get in. Um, That was your – we would do Dash – and shoot right over to Yano's, Eberitis, or whatever the fuck it's called, um, and drink our faces off there. That's that's the the kit. The, everybody has clued me in that they will not be there for that. Um, the only two people that I know got tickets are our Australian friends, Claire and Kyle. They're the only two that that I know have been confirmed to be at Dash. Yeah. It's it's they they know you can't cram for forty two thousand people right into a twenty two hundred seat building you know it's just the math just isn't there so um, I like the fact that they 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 do do this it is tradition it is um, exclusive it does make it feel special if you are one of the chosen few to get in um, and here's what else it does Joel to a certain degree. And and it, and it's 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 something that just happens to be. If you're another promotion, right? 
You gotta. I would run at a fucking Lawson's parking lot because you know people are clamoring. They're going to be hyped for pro wrestling. They're going to want to go somewhere, right? Run a show. Run. run I mean, I, that would be perfect because you know there's just going to be so many people that are like, all right, we can't get in. What do we do? And and running a show would be would be the perfect idea. So there could be some runoff, and some promotions could benefit. From from this actually being uh, at Quirk and as opposed to a Budokan or or uh, Yogi or, or wherever, right? Um, so hopefully that does happen. Other promotions can, you know, take you know, we you got forty two thousand people in the area screaming, "Take my money!" Well, okay, take take advantage of that wrestling promotions. So it's just another signal that business is very hot at the moment. Um, as is more information about their sales. Uh, again with the Observer, while totals aren't official, 2018 revenues are expected to be about $43.6 million, up from $35 million last year, which is a 25% increase. A big key was the increase in live event ticket sales, but merchandise in 2018 was four times that of 2013, stemming from the LIJ sales and the US market Hot Topic t-shirt sales. And almost 40% of ticket buyers to Japanese live shows are female, which is interesting. And going to the Dome show... They are ahead of 100,000 in New Japan world sales as compared to 60,000 at the same point last year in mid-December. So does anything stand out to you there? The only thing that does is some of the demographic information. Like, how do they know? Like, if I buy my tickets anywhere, nowhere do I have a checkbox to say, are you male, female? You know, what, what, you know nobody's, nobody's asking that question. So what do they do? Do they, they just count people in an arena, right, to say 40% are female? Um like I, I just, not, I'm not disputing the number. I'm just saying, how do you know that that, that number? You know, <laughs> like how does that even? I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, I, I I don't go to concerts, and there's not an option to for me to tell them what gender I am. Um. So, but I think everybody was just using the eye test, kind of uh, can see that, right? Uh, and I think that's a great thing, actually. That's that's the one thing. But here's the thing, and it's not like it. I'm sure there's been growth in that. Right when it comes to pro wrestling in general in Japan, but it feels to me that it's always kind of been that way, right? That it, that that it's been a little bit a little bit more accepting, right, of of that in Japan than it has been in the states. Again, I talk about eighty going to shows in the eighties and the nineties, and just the you know, look. If I was a female, I don't know if I would feel too comfortable going to a pro wrestling show in the eighties and the nineties for sure. Uh, so. I think it's a good thing, but again, I and again, I'm not questioning the number. I'm just more of how to how exactly are you getting that data? So, right. but uh, profitability being up, great. Um, hot topic being in the mix. I mean, that's not going to hurt. I'm I'm just surprised that I, to this day, like, I here's what it is. I think that, that pro wrestling being what it is today. Um, and, and, and somewhat, I won't say super hot. I'll, I'll call it trendy, right? Um, it would still resonate with a hot topic crowd. I don't know. Maybe that's just old man Damon kind of being like, like, like I don't even know what band, what, what, would, what, what band would you go and buy a, a t-shirt in hot topic? Like if I go in hot topic and I've been in a hot topic in the past two years, probably, but you know, I'm buying a joy division t-shirt, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, a, I'm buying a fucking David Bowie t-shirt. Um, I'm not buying. I was going to say My Chemical Romance. Are they are they relevant now? 
Joel, my chemical romance. <laughs> you were asking the wrong person, my friend. <laughs> really? Uh, I mean, I don't know what you would buy there. Like, I just, you know. But I just don't Duran Duran t-shirt? No, I would, I would buy it. I'd buy that fucking thing in a, in a heartbeat. I don't care if it was a small. I would just squeeze my fat ass into it. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, always, it always seems weird to me that, that you know. But it's popular. You know, it's it's obviously it's a, it's a money maker for them. So, um, I guess they're buying their 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 uh, My Chemical Romance T-shirts and Young Bucks T-shirts. I think they both go together at this point. All right, cool, nice. Yeah, the Bullet Club merchandise is still hot. And, and sticking with the Bullet Club, Tamatonga announced on Twitter that Jay White is now the leader of Bullet Club, and he was kind of the uh, unofficial leader of it before. But are we okay with this, Damon? Any thoughts on Jay White officially taking over as leader? I think it's good. Right, um, as we'll talk about in our interview with Kevin Kelly coming up shortly, it's um, you know it's a slow burn. It's but I don't, I don't think anybody, I don't think it's shocking anybody. Right, I think that was you know the whole idea with Jay White and Okada and uh, you know Tama Tonga and Fale and all those guys kind of forming their their their. They're tightening up the ranks, so to speak. So, no, I don't think there's any surprise, and I think it's good, and it's just another feather in Jay White's cap for the year. Yeah, agree with that. And let's talk about the Young Bucks. They've said that they will not be at Madison Square Garden. Now, mm. some sources have been implying that, you know, uh, our favorite Irish wrestling fan, Robert, some sources have been implying that they are being paid to sit out for a couple of months to start the year. Uh, all Elite Wrestling is expected to be up and running by the end of the year. So do you think that this statement is legit? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, and, and again, not that I know anything confirmed, but you know, you're just looking at all the all the information that you have in front of you right now that it, that it does seem that it doesn't seem. I mean, they're saying they're not going to be on the show. I don't expect them to magically show up at Madison Square Garden and be like, oh, they said they weren't going to be here, and look at them, they're here. No, I don't think you're getting that. Um, but we talked about this, Joel, didn't we? We, we, we? we hammered this point home that right around this time is when you're going to start hearing about people staying and leaving, and and I think we all can agree that that I'm not going to say all. Don't don't. I'm not going to say all those seats at Madison Square Garden were sold because – of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That's not accurate. But there is a decent number of people that bought tickets under the, the notion that you would have Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the elite, at Madison Square Garden. Even though any, nothing was announced, even though no show was announced, even though... And, and here's the thing. This is the danger of that, right? When, when tickets go on sale in September or whatever it was... Uh, and nothing's announced. You just got a brand coming in at Madison Square Garden, and you don't know the show. And you're expecting, you know, you're going in saying, oh, I'm going to see this, and this person's going to be there. Well, why wouldn't they? Okay, this is what you get. Even, and knowing full well of the contract situation, right? So I, I can't buy or beware. Card subject to change. Uh, whatever you want to, a sucker is born every minute. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to hang your hat on. I don't think they're going to be there, and I and I know, I know that there are plenty of people that are disappointed by that. 
I am still here. I was just looking up the quote from uh, Airplane. You know the, the film Airplane? Oh, it's one of my favorites. Come on. You kidding me? Give me ham on five. Hold the mayo. Come on. Yeah, give me a line. Come on. Uh, it's the, the counterpoint. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's just the one about the plane. We do it all the time on the show. They bought their planes. They, uh, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting themselves into. I say, let them crash. That's the one. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you bailed me out there. I know. Dude, we, do, we used to do it all the time with the pure kid. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. I say, let them crash. Airplane's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, it's... Like, I'm not, again, I, I'm not the, the biggest movie guy in the world, and I probably watched the same five movies over and over again. Airplane is one of them. Airplane is absolutely one of them. Yeah, I can sign off on that. One of my favorites, too. It's hilarious. All right, we've got a question from Koss. He says, if and when All Elite Wrestling happens, do you think that New Japan will pull out from their working agreement with Ring of Honor and work with them, work with both ROH and AEW, or just continue to work with ROH? We're talking New Japan? Who are we talking? I'm sorry. Yes. Repeat yeah. the question, please. Please. I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so if and when AEW happens, do you yes. think that New Japan will pull out from their working agreement with ROH mm-hmm. and work with AEW, mm-hmm. work with both ROH and AEW, or mm-hmm. just continue to work with ROH? It's a great question. Um, it sounds to me, and again, I don't want to... There's one line... You know, with, with with our Kevin Kelly interview that, that kind of blew me away. And I don't want to spoil it. You'll know when you get there when we start talking about relationships and and uh, building relationships with New Japan and with uh, other promotions across the world. I think they do all... Uh, I, th- I think they do elite. I think they're doing... I, I, I really do. Um, I, don't, I don't... Even though we got these Honor Rising shows that have been announced at Cork and... You know, Ring of Honor coming back. I mean, I, I would. Th- I'll put my money there. I'll put my money there. I think. I think the Ring of Honor relationship is strained. We'll call it, and I could be dead wrong, but it just feels like it's strained. And I don't know how long that's going to continue. Right? That might be. That might be the the two a.m. hookup. Every once in a while, you know, that might be that, but I don't think it's going to be the long term that elite will will wind up being. Again, just my opinion on that. Well, that's leading into my next question here because Bandido has uh, signed for Ring of Honor. So Tyler asks, uh, will we see Bandido in the best of the Super Juniors next year? And Earth Departure says, would you want to see Bandido eventually join LIJ? So are these people getting ahead of themselves? Do you think we will see Bandido in New Japan at some point next year? Again, it's it's really about that that relationship that they have and the relationships that New Japan are building elsewhere, right? I mean, look, there's it's no secret that that dome show where Ring of Honor that used to be Ring of Honor spot that's now a Rev Pro spot, and to me, I think more people are hyped and excited and thrilled and raring to go over this rev title uh, rev pro title than any of the ring of honor matches that they had at the dome right i mean it's it's night and day yeah, but they still got this the, the msg thing is co-branded new japan and roh so presumably they're not going to uh, cut that those ties before msg right you think afterwards yeah yeah I'm, uh, yeah uh, but I, 
Nobody is nobody bought tickets. And again, this is no disrespect. Nobody bought tickets to see Jay Lethal. Right? No, I, I I hate to say it. Nobody nobody did. Um this is a this is a new Japan show. Now, Ring of Honor helped them get the show, right? And helped them book the arena. But nobody's buying a ticket. You know, they're, they're there to see New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Does any When you talk to anybody about that Madison Square Garden show, do they say, ah, oh, I can't wait to go to that Ring of Honor New Japan? No, they say, I can't wait to go to the New Japan show at Madison Square Garden. G1, right? So, uh, no, they're not going to cut them out of Madison Square Garden, mind you. They're, 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 you will have Ring of Honor representation. But again, I think this is a, a slow breakup. And and the seeds have already been planted for that. So it's like you know when your parents are divorced and you got to spend Christmas together with both of them, and it's a bit awkward. Is that what MSG is going to be like? <laughs> Maybe backstage a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Um, but you know, it, look, you, you you smile for the family picture is what you do, right? You smile for the family picture, and then you know. Then, 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 you, then you're texting the girlfriend and saying, "Okay, I can't, I, the, the kids are with the missus. We can get out." <laughs> uh, why do? Why would I? Right, do well, that? I did have. That, that seemed, I that did have very more questions. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go on with this. Tony says, "Will we see more mid card NJPW talent in ROH this year? Could be a good idea to free up a somewhat bloated roster." Juice Robinson and Zack Sabre Jr. are still under contract in New Japan, but will be used as ROH regulars between tours, from what I understand. So ZSJ is looking at being exclusive to New Japan, ROH and RevPro in 2019. So with Juice Robinson, Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. on New Japan deals, the feeling is that ROH doesn't have to sign them because they're not going to WWE anytime soon. Although WWE did have very significant interest in Robinson, as we do know. Obviously, there's a big ROH shakeup, and I was worried about what their involvement would be at MSG because I have zero interest. Uh, obviously, like you said, in seeing guys like Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, Briscoes, etc., on that show. But I think if they do strap the rocket to someone interesting, like let's say Jeff Cobb, um, make him ROH champion. Uh, we've got Marty Skull looking like he's getting a push, and we see more guys like ZSJ, Juice, and Osprey. There are some exciting possibilities. You know, you give me something like Jeff Cobb defending the ROH title against Zack Sabre Jr. MSG, I'll be happy with that. So I know you've already given your thoughts on the ROH situation. I mean, who do you think is ROH champion come April? What matches could we be seeing at MSG? Oh, man, I would love to see Jeff Cobb, right? I mean, to me, he's the most interesting guy, one of the more talented guys. I know yeah, he looked- had an absolute banger with um, Hangman Page at Final Battle. Yeah, well worth saying- going out of your way to watch. Yeah, you were saying that. Um, I mean, to me, from from a New Japan perspective, of anybody on that roster, Jeff Cobb is the most intriguing. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's one of those situations where they're just kind of biding their time to see what you know all elite winds up doing. I really do. I really just think it's a, just a matter of time. They're just kind of biding time, and um, I think that's 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 a relationship that will grow. And they've already got the Rev Pro in in England, so I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Ring of Honor is the, uh, the gets the short straw on this one. All right, let's move on to talk about Yuji Nagata, who made the Observer Hall of Fame. Jun Akiyama didn't. Damon, what are your thoughts on this? 
Um, I think first of all, let me be you know, right out front. I'm not the biggest Hall of Fame guy in the world, right? Um, um, sometimes it's I don't know, it gets lost on me. I, I understand the honor, and I understand you know why people are into it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Just for some reason, it just doesn't always resonate with me. But uh, I think Akiyama has to be in. I really do. I, I, I mean, you look at the entire the body of work. Here's the thing. I just think, I think, I think more people talk about Yuji than than Akiyama, right? Uh, just just in general, right? So if you look at pro wrestling fandom, I think more people are more familiar with with uh, Nagata than than. Uh, the, than anybody like you looked at that entire uh nominee category and, and that entire all the people that were nominated i think he's probably one of the more recognizable names and i hate to say it but i think that's a lot to, that has a lot to do with hall of fame ballot casters like i don't think a lot of these people are downloading torrents of all japan shows right and i don't think a lot of these people have all japan streaming service Right. And I don't think that they, you know, when it was active and live, were watching anything on the Real Hero Archive or Ed Davis's All Japan, you know, archives, um, which which I will say this, speaking of which. I did talk to uh, I did talk to Eric last night. Uh, I'm just going to say that. For those that, that that miss for those that miss things. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe your wishes might come true. Well, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just, I'll, I'll give you that little taste. I'll give you that little tease. Uh, anywho, um, uh, again, I, I don't, I don't think that those people. I, I think a lot of those voters go by rain, name recognition and don't necessarily take all the the factors into consideration. Uh, and and I think uh, Akiyama is a, is a big uh, a miss. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he had a stronger case than Nagata. Not that I would argue against Nagata being in there, but if you put Nagata in there, you've got to put Akiyama in there as well. Yeah. So uh, we will now see Tomohiro Ishii and Kenny Omega join the ballot for next year, joining the likes of Tenkoji, Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. Can you see any of those guys getting in next year? Uh, let's just do the two. Um is Kenny Omega a Hall of Famer right now? Yes or no? If he, let's say he retired tomorrow for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say so. This is, I mean, he didn't main event last Dome, but he was right at the top of the show, right? Second second from the top, wasn't he? Um, and he main evented the previous. And, and now he's main eventing this year's that's that's nothing to hand wave right um and first ever westerner to win the g1 right well only westerner to win the g1 right i think he is i think he is i i and i and i really hate the fact that we that you do and it's pro wrestling mind you so you're going to have this the fact that people are still active right um, and that can be put into the Hall of Fame. That's one of the things that I'm just kind of like, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Uh, but I think Kenny is in. Uh, Ishii is, is up. Is, is that what you said? Yes. 
Look, let's be truthful here. You're only going by body of work in the ring when it comes to Ishii. And it's tremendous, right? I mean, name me another guy who's had a, not, not only just great matches, but like consistently great matches for an extended period of time. Um, I, I guess, you know, name me a bad Ishii match. But that's it, right? At no point was he carrying a company. At no point was he uh, considered the focal point of a company. At no point was was the spotlight directly on Ishii. I got I got to go. No. Yeah, again, I just think my issue with it is voting people into the Hall of Fame while they're still active. I think once they've retired, give it a few years, let the dust settle, and then you can put it all into context. But it's really difficult to do while they're still out there having great matches every year. Right. I agree with that. And here's the thing, too. Like, okay, as great as Ishii is, he's never won a major Wrestler of the Year award, right? Whether it be, you know, re- you know, blogs or podcasts or, uh, you know, Tokyo Sports or whatever. Um He's never won a, won, won a wrestler of the year. It's you can't be in the. Let me pump the brakes. You can be in the in the Hall of Fame and not win an MVP, but it's like okay, you've never won a major championship. You've never carried a company. You've never been the MVP. It's hard for me to put you in a Hall of Fame, even though you're great. Even though the numbers are there, like you know, match quality wise, it's just all those other intangibles that that makes people a Hall of Fame. It's just not there. I, I put him in there. I think, in a way, based off based off what? Just because he's amazing and his matches are brilliant, and that he's able to have this uh, to be beloved by the wrestling community, despite having never been been given those accolades. I think that almost gives him more credibility. If that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer, though. Again, Hall of Famer is the best of the best. I mean, look I, at some of the other people that have been put in this Hall of Fame. But that's what I'm saying. Fucking that's why I'm not... Stephanie McMahon is on the ballot next year. Well, you could be on the ballot. Just because you're on the ballot doesn't mean you're going to get votes, right? I mean, there's no... Listen, I'll tell you right now. I'll do a fucking cartwheel uh, if Stephanie McMahon is in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. There's no way she's in the in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. I, I mean, I, I, I would be shocked if she's in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. I really would. Um, Ishii's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. I, again, match quality, he's one of my favorites. He's he, The numbers are there for that. But give me – take match quality out of it, Joel. Give me one other reason why Tomohiro Ishii is a Hall of Famer. But then what is the point of a wrestling Hall of Fame if you're not going to put someone in for being a brilliant wrestler? Okay. Is Hulk Hogan in, in the wrestling Hall of Fame? In, in, in the Observer Hall of Fame? Is Antonio Anoki in there? I don't know. Are they, they are. Yes, they are. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So my point being is that, I mean, Hogan, by and large, is not considered a great pro wrestler. You're not going to go through a list of Hogan matches and be like, oh, what a fucking great match that was, right? But the the impact that he had on, on pro wrestling cannot be denied. Antonio Anoki, kind of the same way. I mean, he's had m- maybe more greater matches than Hogan, right, in the entire body of work. But overall, let's be honest here, Anoki matches kind of stink, right? Um, you know, but it's more the aura and what he did for pro wrestling and who he was and 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 the fact that he made himself larger than life and the money that he drew 
and Hogan as well. I mean, how much money has Tomohiro Ishii drawn in his career? Let's be, again, I'm just trying to be ob- objective and honest. He, he, okay, well, Suzuki, he's in there. Yeah, are, are I mean, they not he, comparable. No, I mean Suzuki. I mean, he was he, you know, pancreas and and the MMA thing, and he was he was red hot for for a, a, a decent amount of time, just purely on the MMA stuff, and then him, you know, hopping into the pro wrestling stuff. As well, I mean, I, th- I think the impact that he had in Japan far outreaches, outreaches Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, I'm scrolling through now. I'm trying to find someone who's on a similar level, but a lot of these people have held world titles. Is that it? I mean, do you think if he had a run at some point with the IWGP heavyweight title that that would qualify him in your eyes to go in the Hall of Fame? I think a, a major world title, one, uh, helps. I think being the focal point of a promotion helps because then you can use that as a barometer of, okay, this guy helps make the company money because at the end of the day, that's really what it, this is all about, right? Um, match quality is, is a huge component. Um, being a personality that connects with fans, right, is, is you know also a huge factor in it. So I think all those pieces help make a person a Hall of Famer as opposed to just one select thing that they're really fucking good at. I, that, that, I, I don't know if I could I, – you can do that, right? Um, it, again, he's a great pro wrestler, no doubt about it. But I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like, okay, if and, – and this might be a shitty analogy, but okay, so there's a, uh, a premier football player who uh, – is just an incredible passer, like so many assists on goals, right? And, and like, like main assists that he's he's the guy that's setting up plays and just you know connecting on passes where it's just like guys are made better, right? To around him, but he can't fucking score for shit, right? He just can't put the fucking ball in the net, just can't do it. Or he's a shit defender, right? He's a liability on the field. But he's an amazing passer, and his numbers are great. Is he a Hall of Famer, Joel? Uh, you've just described Meza Ozil, <laughs> okay. who I don't know if you're familiar with. But, uh, yeah, big controversy about him at the moment and whether or not he deserves the massive, I think it's like £300,000 a week salary that he's on. Uh, t- yeah, okay, I take your point. I'll be interested to hear from the listeners what you think about Tomohiro Ishii's case for the Hall of Fame. All right, let's move on then. Um, Yuji Nagata has renewed his contract with NJPW. What do you see from Nagata in 2019? I think more more of the same, right? I don't think this is an indicator of him, you know, you know after the Dome when he won the, uh, the, the as we like to call it, the Russell Rock Rumble. Uh, you know, and then he challenged Nakamura right after for the, those new beginning shows. I, I, I think, you know, I don't think you're going to see that. I think it's going to be more of a role of, of developing young lions and young talent and being that, that anchor in the locker room and a leader in the locker room. And I think every promotion needs that and wants that. And and, and more of a training and more of a development role as opposed to uh, – and again, you know, sprinkle him in when you need him, World Tag League, stuff like that, undercard, six-man tag, that kind of stuff. But uh, more of a developmental role – in the locker room than say, you know, any type of significant or even 
you know, minor, never title or anything like that. I don't think I don't think that's in the cards. Yeah, I hope we see more of those lines break projects main events where he's facing off against the likes of your Shota Aminos and your Ayato Yoshidas because uh, they're little treats. I quite look forward to seeing those. Uh, in other news, we have our teams announced for the never openweight six-man number one contenders gauntlet match on the Wrestle Kingdom pre-show. So we have got Suzuki and Kidder Elite Squad, Best Friends and Hiroki Goto, Marty Skull, Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi, Yano, Taguchi and Makabe, and a team of Cobb, Finley and Nagata. And Nagata came in to replace the injured Michael Elgin. And Chris Charlton pointed out that Nagata's substituting in for Elgin means that Nagata maintains a 25-year January 4th appearance streak and would appear on his 31st consecutive New Japan Tokyo Dome card more than anyone in history. So looking at this lineup, Damon, all these people announced, uh, it's pretty stacked with talent, isn't it? It's, again, we we looked at this card and kind of, uh, you know, a few months ago in the projections a few months ago, and I don't think we were we were too impressed, right? We weren't, we weren't, pants were not down, as we like to say. That changed. <laughs> that changed quickly, didn't it? This, this, there's, there, there, I, to me, again, even though we're shoehorning in as many guys as we can on this particular match, there is no filler. It doesn't feel like there's filler. There's there's matches, you know, listen, I'm not going to lie. But even then, the, the the Cody Juice match, I'm, I'm hoping that we see Juice win, right? If Juice wins the title, that'd be a great little moment, right? So even that, you know, that, that normally you could say, okay, that's beer time. Let's go, you know, let's, bathroom break. Uh, even that should be pretty great. Up and down the lineup, Joel. This is this is a stacked Wrestle Kingdom card. If you're not listen, if you're a New Japan fan or you're on the you know on the fringe and you, you kind of hop in and out when you can, but this is a hot lineup. This is a sexy, sexy lineup. Uh, I'm I'm pumped for it, man. I gotta be honest with you. I'm I'm really hyped for it. I can't I can't tell you. It's it. I think everything on this show will deliver, and on paper, it really is a lineup that. You know, makes your head spin. Yeah, even just looking at that lineup of people for the Gauntlet match, that's fifteen really top quality wrestlers, and it seems to be just getting a higher standard each year with the people who are getting into this match. So, I know I've said I like these matches. I'm quite excited for this. I think it'll be a fun little pre-show. I think so too. And here's my only complaint. I only got one small complaint, but on the flip side of that, I'll give you the I'll give you the positive as well. No liger. I mean that hurts. That really does fucking hurt. You, you, I yeah, feel on like... his his 30th anniversary, no yeah. less, because it's it will be 30 years to the day that he debuted the Liger character. So yeah, that that stings, isn't it? Yeah, no no send off, no, um, you know, I you know the running joke with me, you know, with Eric and Mackie and everybody else was would be, you know, it, Liger announces his retirement. You know, Damon's going to refi his house to get there. You know, he's he, there's no way he's missing that. Um, and you would think there would be some pomp and circumstance, and there would be some, you know, it'd be an important moment. This is just completely dusted under the carpet, and I I don't like that. I think that you keep that there, there's a, there's a long streak here. There's a long history here with that man, um, and especially that building. And to just say you're not on the show and we're not even going to fucking acknowledge it, I don't know. 
That's a, that's a you you broke a streak. I just want to, I want that to be recognized, New Japan. You, you you broke a streak. Now, the flip side of that, they had the balls to. I, do. I was going to oh, sorry. Can I just jump in and say? Do you think yeah. it was Liger's decision not to have that? Could be. I mean, it it, it could be. Uh, let's you know, he had, does have a history of being that kind of guy, right? To, to kind of not put the, sh- the spotlight on him and know when to move aside and such. But I'd like to think that you know, he. I don't. I don't think he knocked on the the office's door and said, uh, you know, don't put me in, right? I think that he was told that he's not on. Again, I don't know. I didn't call him. <laughs> I didn't text him. Uh, but what I was going to say is the flip side of that is this: they, New Japan had the balls to say, okay, some people aren't going to be on this show. And here's the lineup that we're going with. And again, no, we're not just shoehorning shit on this show just to get it on. Now, for me personally, that's Liger, right? So that's 30 years. That's 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 a big deal for me personally. For other people, and I'm going to agree, for the year that Tai Chi had, that is a fucking terrible job that they couldn't find a spot for Tai Chi on this fucking show. He is nowhere to be found. And again, there are people that don't like him. And there are people that, you know, hand wave him quickly. He deserves to be on the show at least. Be on the show. Like, this guy's setting up chairs, right? This guy's selling selling programs. That's how he's on the show. That's not, that's not right. I, I think they missed that one. Yeah, you would have thought after you had that brilliant match with Osprey that they'd find a spot for him. Or, you know, let's play devil's advocate. Maybe this is going to play into the whole Tai Chi character because towards the latter end of 2018, he had a chip on his shoulder about being left out of the G1. So maybe that's going to keep the the story going, that he's just going to be pissed off with management that he wasn't even put on Wrestle Kingdom. But yeah, either way, I'm really disappointed. I, I did want to see him on the show. I wanted to see him do his big entrance. I wanted to see Miho Abe. Uh, other people who haven't made it is uh, Yoshihashi, obviously he's still injured. Bad luck, Farley. Nothing for him. And yeah. other guys, Chase Owens, Hanare, nothing for them either. So, yeah, disappointments for those people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, is, it is weird. Now, I will say this. I, I really feel like that New Year dash, that's going to be Tai Chi's day. I, 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 and I think that kind of plays into what you were just saying, that, you know, uh, the, the disrespect of not being on the show, I think those people will have a pretty big focus come New Year Dash. Yeah, I could see him coming out and attacking one of the singles champions, maybe Naito, maybe challenging Naito for the Intercontinental title at New Beginning. Yeah, he'll, he'll be involved, I'm sure. I, 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 would, I would hope. I would hope that would be the case. But yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, the Fale, that, that's a pretty big name to not be on this show. Um, a significant name. That's uh... yeah. I was wondering if he if he was going to be phased out. Maybe he's more interested in doing his stuff with the Farley Dojo back in New Zealand and being sort of a, a talent liaison rather than in ring worker. Okay, you put him on. You put him on this show. You know what I mean? He he. Even if that's the plan, that's fine. That's good. You put him on the fucking dome show, and then and then you don't see him for the rest of a couple of months or whatever the case may be. You put him on the dome show, but again, the other side of the coin is right now we got a six-hour fucking show right now, right? We're gonna we're gonna be here, you know we're gonna be watching this thing all day. 
it's you know it's going to be a long 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 day for people on the east coast but it's going to be great and they had the balls to do it they had the balls yeah, to say I, you know. Exactly. I, I don't want to sit and bitch here and moan and say, oh, Tai Chi's not on the show. This guy's not on that. guy's not on. I fully support the decisions that they've made, but uh, it's disappointing for them. Correct. Least. Correct. All right. Yes. Um, in sticking with the Suzuki Goon, we got Taka Michinoku taking bookings overseas. So where might we see Taka in 2019? Hmm. He was afraid to fly. Was that what it was? Was that what he was? He was. I had heard that he was a little, little nervous flyer. Can't blame oh, I him. didn't know that. I can't blame him. Maybe well, short well, cash now after the scandal. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Won't be surprised there too. Uh, where does he wind up? Is the question. Um, I was going to say Ring of Honor, but we just talked about how we kind of feel like they're getting phased down. Uh, again, I don't know if necessarily it's even the states that that would be. I think uh, Rev Pro might be. Uh, a yeah, nice I was going to say desti- that. Nice little destination, right? Um, I mean, he could show up on a, on a Ring of Honor show, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Wouldn't it be funny if he shows up at like like uh, Bola, right? <laughs> He's one of the competitors in Bola. That'd be pretty great. Uh, I, I and I think maybe you'll see him on some of the U.S. Uh, shows here um, coming up for New Japan. But um, I think I think Rev Pro would definitely have some interest. They could find some use for him. They seem to be very creative with the talent that they have access to. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rev Pro is in the future. Remember when there was that really weird thing with uh, Liger going on NXT? I think he wrestled against Tyler Breeze. Yep. Do you think maybe that could be something that Taka does? Do you think WWE might bring him in for a one-and-done little nostalgia match? Depends on what the contract that Taka has. Uh, Liger can book his own dates. So um, if he has availability, he he could do that. Now, I think the climate was a little bit different um, back then because I, re- I remember that happening because it, w- it was right around the same time as uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor were running uh, a show in Brooklyn at uh, the baseball stadium that they would do every summer, right? So it was right around that same time that NXT was was running and Liger was running that show. And the, like we were like, Liger is literally you know two or three miles away from us, but wrestling for NXT. <laughs> and it was just the craziest shit. And I was like, what? So... Uh, yeah, yeah, but Liger was able to book that because he he can he he had he that was part of his deal. He could if he had an open date, he could book. Um, I'm sure that the office wasn't too thrilled with that, but uh, he did it and he was ripped accordingly here on this show. Even by me, I wasn't too happy with that. Uh, but I think the climate has changed. I do not think that anybody who uh, steps foot in a New Japan ring could go uh, book a date on an NXT show and and. Uh, and again, I don't even think NXT would be willing to do that at this point. All right, let's move on to the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Kenny Omega. A couple of interviews with him. There was one in Rolling Stone Japan magazine where weirdly they photoshopped his eyebrows to be darker and he looks really strange on the front cover of that. So in that interview, he was saying Tanahashi's like a NES game. Wrestling has evolved beyond him. He's talking about wrestling, uh, a global style for a global audience. He praised Okada, Naito, and Ibushi for being able to create their individual styles. He says that you need passion, intellect, and physical ability to be a top wrestler, and that Tanahashi has all these things. Tanahashi says he's out to protect New Japan, but Kenny says really Tanahashi is about protecting his spot. And Kenny says that he needs to maintain the evolution of New Japan and the entire wrestling world. And to do that, he needs to beat him. So I thought, okay, fair enough. It's, you know, by Kenny's standards, not 
not the worst interview. It made sense. And then there was another Kenny interview on the NJPW website. And this one, I really tried, Damon, to sort of condense it and take the key points out of that. But this one was just all over the shop. There's swearing everywhere. It's like this bizarre mishmash of kayfabe and shoot-style comments. Uh, he says, I feel like I'm going to wear my little cap. I'm going to have my kazoo and it's going to be a New Year's party slapping around a flabby old man. Maybe if I'm in the mood, I'll bend him over my knee and spank his... Uh, he's fighting like a fucking coward, snooze fest bullshit. He's talking about Noah's Ark, gods, Hercules. Like, I, again, I re- tried to summarise this, but it's just an absolute mess. It's like the ravings of a madman. Damon, could you yeah. make any sense of this? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say that he had a couple pops in him before that interview. <laughs> and he, you, you know, he's kind of like, you know, you're out with your, with your uh, friends and your mates. At, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. Everybody's had a little bit too much to drink. And now we got, you know, we got, uh, you know, we got balls, and now we're gonna, you know, just start talking trash, and that's what it felt like reading that. It felt like a guy who was just off his, you know, not not quite all all faculties <laughs> together. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what to make of him, Joel. I, I I again, if I'm talking about in in the ring, I'm all I'm all about him. I really am. I really enjoy what he does. It's it's. I just can't. Can't I, I just don't think he really has a really good grasp on what it is to build a match <laughs> for, for a main event match outside the ring. Like I just a lot of the stuff that he says to me is is nonsense. Um and it doesn't connect with me and it doesn't resonate with me. I mean, when he goes on and on about Tanahashi fans being assholes and jerk offs and stuff like that, it's just like all right, uh, uh I, and here's the thing: people are like, "He's a wrestler. He's working you." And blah blah. blah. Like, I, I really feel like a lot of that is from he. He truly means a lot of that because a lot of the the the, the pushback that he gets online, you know, feels like it's cut from that that circle. You know, the the people that that are that are anti Kenny. I will say this though: I can't think of another pro wrestling match or another pro wrestling angle or another pro wrestling storyline. Where it is so divisive, it really is. Like, like, and again, think of the the feuds uh, throughout the history of of pro wrestling, not even just New Japan. Just the, the absolute, like, you're split down the middle. There is no gray. It's either you're Kenny or you're not. <laughs> and and it's and it's and it's so it's you're either a one or you're an eleven, and. Uh, there is a part of me that really enjoys that because you don't really see that. Um, but then there's a part of me that's just like, oh, people, God almighty. And and again, the, the people in the match aren't really helping to quiet that noise. So uh, it is an interesting thing. Uh, and, and I talked about this with Kevin you know, on the interview that you'll hear shortly. Uh, it, it feels like there's a lot more on the line and a lot of undercurrent and a lot of uh, – behind the scenes and behind the curtain uh, that is bleeding over into this match. Yeah, I've written a piece about Kenny Omega for the Voices Wrestling New Japan year-end review ebook, where I've just gone into my thoughts about him, my conflicting emotions about Kenny Omega, because obviously incredible wrestler, one of the best wrestlers of all time, but it's just... 
a flawed person, let's put it like that. So if you want to hear my elaborated thoughts on that, go and buy the ebook when it comes out. It'll be sometime next month. It's um, good, and honestly, about- I'm sorry, before you, just to say, that ebook, I'm telling you right now, I don't know what their pricing it is. I know in past years it was, you know, pay what you want. It was kind of like the Radiohead thing. Uh, by all means, get it. It not only is it a valuable resource, the writing is intelligent, the it's thought-provoking, it is a great read. Uh, and now I've contributed once, and I just I, I feel like I can't contribute because just time and and I hate to commit to something that I feel like I, I can't give a hundred all that all that. I'm telling you right now that if you're a fan, if you're listening to this, and you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I urge you to pick up that that ebook. It is well worth it every year, and I look forward to it every year. And they work really hard on it. Just just the um, the wrestler bios and and. Like they go through every wrestler and what they did every you know throughout the entire year. To it's, it's just such a great resource. I can't recommend it enough, and I'm and I'm happy that you're involved in it, Joel, because um, again, it, it's it's quality. It's it's um, something I look forward to every year. So again, if you're a fan, please be on the lookout for it. Pick it up. It's well worth it. And there's going to be two pieces by me in there, which is worth the fee Ooh. alone. Oh, look at you. Uh, right, one little tiny thing before we get into the questions. He is not on the New Japan Cup tour poster. Is there any significance to that? Um, for what it's worth, none of the current champions are on that poster. Um, I like to say no. I kind of feel like there is some. Um, but I'll go with a no for right now. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tow the company line and say no, there's no significance to anyone. <laughs> Uh, or being or not being on that poster right now. It's hard to say because he was on the Power Struggle Tour poster but didn't appear during that tour. And he was not on the World Tag League poster tour. The World Tag League Tour poster and he didn't appear in that. So it's hard to tell. So uh, who knows? I think I I doubt the people who are making those posters are given insight into (laughs) contract and booking situations. But there you go. (laughs) All right, we've got one question from the Discord. King of Scotch Style says, you can bring back one wrestler, dead or alive, to their prime and drop them in the NJPW roster. Who's your pick? Huh. Hmm. One, one, prime. Did they have to wrestle for New Japan or it can be any promotion? Any promotion. Kawada? Hanson? Imagine Hanson? Fuck. Mm, but I might go... I mean, you could you could cherry-pick any one of those 90, early 90 All Japan guys. It'd be fucking great. Mm, you could go Kenta. From Kenta Kobashi. Yeah. I was gonna say. Or Kenta Kobashi or Kenta, you know, Noah. Yeah. Uh, um, fuck. That's a tough one. I'll, I'll go... I'll go prime Kawada. Prime Kenta Kobashi for me. Not bad. That's not a bad choice at all. All right. Into the Twitter questions. Pete Donahue. That's Pete Donahue, not Phil Donahue. Not, it's not Phil? No? Okay. Pete Donahue. Comms underscore Pete on Twitter, who did amazing work for us making our Google Docs voting form for the year end awards. So, Pete 
says, uh, if Kenny stays with NGPW, do you think we'll see a Golden Lovers IWGP tag title reign in 2019? And after the Kenny Tanner match, what are the chances Shibata announces his return and officially challenges for the belt? So the first one, I think so. I hope so. I'm hoping Tanahashi wins the IWGP heavyweight title. Shibata challenges him. So that's setting up the next thing. Maybe not for new beginning, but somewhere down the line, just to announce that Shibata's back in the active roster. And then Kenny and Ibushi do a proper Golden Lovers tag run. They challenge whoever it is, Evil Sonata, for the belts. And we see them going into the tag division for the next few months. Uh, what do you say on those two points, Damon? I, I like that on paper. Let me ask you this. New Japan comes up to Kenny and says, hey, you're sticking around, right? Uh, but you're dropping the title at the Dome. And you're going to be in a tag team mix. What do you think he feels about that? But he wanted that? to do that. Like you, Last year, his whole thing, he was getting set for a big run with Ibushi. And then Gato came to him and said, oh, sorry, I want you for the main event of Dominion. And he didn't like it. Okay. All right. I'm just, I mean, it seems to me that Kenny would be like, what in the blue fuck you want me to do? Um, and then again, maybe... That has me a little bit worried because, again, if even if he does that, are we getting serious, Kenny, in, in, in those tag matches? I, I mean, here's the thing, too. We could because we've gotten serious, Kenny, in you know, uh, what could possibly be or could have possibly be – could have possibly have been – I want to say a throwaway, but that Corkin match was better than – even on paper, we thought it was going to be great, but it was better than even we thought it was going to be. And it had any right to be, given where it was and what it was doing and all that nonsense. Um, it would be great on paper. I, just, I worry about the fact that Kenny would be feeling that would be a step down. Um, and it might not be, be as great as we would want it to be. That, that would be my only concern. Yeah, I would love those two things to happen. I don't think they actually will. If I have to give a percentage odds, I would say maybe 30% for the Kenny uh, Ibushi Golden Lovers proper tag run and for the Shibata thing, maybe 5% if that. But I'll keep my fingers crossed. Right, right, next one. Oh boy, okay. Emilio says, end the why no NJPW women's division debate once and for all. Hmm. Now, this thing started up, I don't know if I should name and shame them, but this came from the same person who refuses to cover women's wrestling on his website because he claims it doesn't bring in enough traffic. And he says that with a straight face statement, without a shred of irony. This is just a bad argument. It's raised in bad faith. People are using it. They're either doing it to score woke points or they're doing it to annoy New Japan fans or just out of sheer fucking ignorance. They never watch Joshi. They don't talk about Joshi. No Joshi fans want it. None of the Joshi wrestlers want it. And we've got 40% of New Japan's attendances are women. They seem fine with New Japan as it is. I'm sick of it, Damon. You get the same arguments every three months. No one ever changes their mind. It's a waste of fucking time. It is. That's why I don't... That's that's why I completely tap out of it. Look, and here's here's where I'll just give my two cents. For what it's worth, um, you never you 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 made the point. You never hear it from a 
the, the promotions in Japan saying, hey, let's let's do a, a collaboration or, you know, let, you know, take our people. Right. Uh, and 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 you never hear it from New Japan it, and, and you never hear it from the fans. Right. And again, it's a small subset of, of people that I that I talk to in Japan. Right. It's, it's not like I have this huge data set that I can draw from. But the feedback that I get is just it's just such a non-issue. The bottom line is this. If either New Japan or any of the uh, promotions over there in Japan thought it was a, a money-making situation, don't you think they would do it already? Right? And, it's not, and, and we're assuming that it, this is New Japan's idea to do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, but the promotions want to make a name for themselves. They want to do it themselves. They don't need to ride on the back of a, of a New Japan. They just they just don't. They don't feel the need. So I just find it pretty amazing that somebody sitting in, you know, in, in front of their computer, you know, banging out tweets, um, feels the need to to interject in that. I, I, it's, it's up to them. It's up to the wrestlers. It's up to the promotion. And if and, and if they did it, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I'm, I, I, if, I'm not against it. I, I'm I, I'm not for it. I'm kind of neutral on it in the sense of that's their decision to make. If and then you go for it <laughs> or not, right? It's I don't I don't understand why there's such a need. And, you know, listen. <laughs> I mean, I mean I understand why they're 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 picking New Japan for this, right? Because you know the the, the idea of their profitability and and where they are. You know, but there's there's a lot of other promotions that aren't doing it either, right? So I mean, uh, well, you take the next biggest promotion, DDT. They are doing it. Well, you're but right. They're not fucking watching that either. Yeah, you're right. I know. Listen, if these people want to sit down and start watching these promotions, like uh, you know, Stardom and Ice Ribbon and Seedling, if they want to sit and watch that for an entire year and then tell me at the end of it, yes, this would be better if it was crowbarred into a New Japan undercard where they've got half as much time and build. Fine, I'll listen to that then. But we know a lot of people who are really passionate Joshi fans and they don't want it. it. No, they really don't. They really don't. And it's not like New Japan is, you know, they've... I I always kind of fall back on the the idea that you know this is a company that used China in in a very prominent role. You know, she had matches with Chono, Tanahashi, right? Big stages. Uh, so so it's not like they're if they feel like they can make money doing something, they're gonna do it. I, they, you know. They'll have they'll have Okada wrestle an elephant if they thought it would make money. Uh, I, I you know but but on the on the flip side again it's it's the promotions on the other side of the coin that feel like you know it's really not worth it for us. It's not worth it. Um, and New Japan, I don't you know I, I don't want them cherry picking talent. You know and and think about the not only the wrestlers but and I think people just think about the wrestlers right. What about the ring announcers? What about the people working in the office? What about, you know, everybody? You know, when when you start cherry picking talent and taking it to the, you know, the the biggest promotion, you know, people lose jobs and people lose livelihoods and people lose income. You know, it's not always the best thing to just think about the one wrestler that would do well in in a promotion. It's not always about that. 
And and truth be told, I really don't think that the one wrestler wants that. Uh, you know, I I just don't. I, I I have heard. You know, I don't know. I just I don't I don't understand it. But look, I'm not going to tell somebody how to think. Um, and here's the thing: this conversation is not going to change anyone's mind. Um, I, I I just don't get it. I really don't. So, editor Dan, can you just uh, isolate and save that audio? And replay it again in three months' time when this conversation appears again on Twitter. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, please, thank you. All right, uh, next question. Ben says, who'd win in a tag match, you two or the lads from the Eastern Lariat podcast? Um, I think we should set this one up. Um, I'll fucking take it. Let's go. Yeah, if someone wants to pay for Damon's ticket to Tokyo, then uh, we'll meet uh, Strigger and Dylan in outside the Tokyo Dome. Let's have the dark match, dark match. Tag team, let's see who the real kings of the... Uh, Pro-Rest podcast world are. Throw down uh, the gauntlet there. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Look, I, if this happens, I'm I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm getting loaded up and I'm staying hands in it. I'm just going in and, at, like, the match... The, the fight would have to end in r- rather quickly, Joel. So we got to go in just really quick, right? And we got to... We just got to blow the doors off the place. Um, because I, I'm not going the distance. I'm not going 60 minutes. <laughs> That's for fucking sure, right? So we got to just get in there, Road Warrior style, and just... Do what we got to do, and here's the thing. Here's here's my idea. We, you got to isolate one person, right? So you isolate. If we focus on one person and just take that one person down quickly, right? Then it's then it's two on one for a long time. So we really got to do a damage on one person, right? And then we take care of the other person. Um, that's that. I think that's a good strategy for us. I think we do all right. I think we do all right. Yeah. I don't know if we'd win, but uh, I just I want to see it anyway. I want to find out. I want to see how good we are. We can do like a well, one of us can do the sort of Kanemaru style gimmick with uh, Strong Zero instead of yeah. the Suntory. Yeah. Hey, who are they? I mean, the, I mean, I, uh, truth be told, I don't really know what they look like. Are they are they tough guys? Are we going to get our kicked in this one? I think I think Dylan is an actual. Uh, a, he might be a professional wrestler and a spine oh, professional wrestler, no. so he might. I reckon he's pretty tough. Oh shit! Really? He's going to be uh, the one who, who's going to get the hot tag at the end and batter us. So, yeah, watch out for that. Oh, that's not good. I don't know. I don't like our chances on that one. I mean, you're you're the athletic one on this team, right? You you know you got the stamina and you got the you know you got the wind. I'm going in there. Just you're going to get a good three minutes out of me, and that's about it, right? Just like everything in life. Just like how we opened up the show. <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Um, so now I'm now I'm a little worried. Now now I'm a little now I'm a little concerned. Shit. I don't know. I might be and I might be the weak link on this one, Joel. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's 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 put this one on ice. <laughs> I'm a little worried about this one. We might not. I don't like our odds anymore. Because uh, he's again. There's a big difference. You know, pro wrestling training. That's tough shit. That ain't easy. He's got he's got stamina and strength. Fuck. I'm going right for the balls. All right, I'm going right. For the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right for the nuts. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going right for the fucking balls. Uh, all right, that's that's our only shot. That's our only hope. All right, what else we got? All right, we love you guys really. Uh, Scott, who says uh, who does Jericho face next year? Do you think Jericho's around next year? No, I don't. I don't think he is. I think I think he'll be around a little bit during the year, but I don't. I don't think he'll. I don't think this time next year we're talking about a Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Michael says, who do you think is most likely to win the 2019 G1? Who do you think is likely to be the next first-time winner? 
Um, this one I'm not sure about because I'm expecting Naito to be back in the main event for Wrestle Kingdom next year, but I don't know if that's as challenger or as champion. I think it's going to be as champion, so I think Okada is going to win the 2019 G1. That was my pick. Yeah, yeah. The JKS branded gun to the head. Yeah, Okada would be my pick for a G1 winner. And the next first-time winner, I don't know, maybe a, a Jay White? Yeah. Yeah, that would be my pick, too. Yeah, I'm two for two. Um, All right. I just, I just think it's, you know, it's a slow burn for Jay White. And, I, I you know, name, name me another guy that hasn't won it before that is as relevant as Jay White right now. Yeah, um, I'm racking my brains. So, yeah, Jay White, that's the pick. Uh, Anders says, how do you feel about NJPW's international expansion thus far? I'd say a mixed bag, but uh, overall, I would give it a thumbs up. I think the, you know, I don't want to be like the WWE defender saying, oh, well, look at the stock prices. But it's been very successful so far. And I would say looking at the results of our Super Jcasts fan voting, that seems to to me suggest that they're on the right lines. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm going to give them a, a B plus so far. Um, there have been some swings and misses. There have been some really stellar moments, right? And again, I think you 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 know, on a big test and a big uh, barometer is that Madison Square Garden show. Um, that that that's you 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 don't get much more Western expansion than that show. Um, so yeah, I give a B plus. Um, there, there, are there ways they they can that they can improve? Absolutely, right. And I think that's what the the current staff is is working on, and the current leadership. But uh, yeah, B plus. That's a, a, a solid B plus. Nikki says, for either of the two, who should be the first title defense for the IWGP champion after Wrestle Kingdom? That's a tricky one. Um, I think Sonoda is going to get a title shot at some point next year but i had him down for the new japan cup he's got a question that's come up later so i'm not sure about a title challenger straight off the bat after wrestle kingdom um if we're going with the assumption that tanahashi wins the title who does tanahashi defend against jay white that's a that's a that's a pretty big match you're doing that right out of the gate Maybe, maybe. That's that's not a bad pick. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. Who did Tanahashi lose to in G1? That might be a pretty good indicator of who he would uh, who would Jay be the White? challenger. Jay White, right? Um, if Omega wins, if Omega walks away successfully defending the title, who challenges him? Jay White. Yeah, it would work. The bit of symmetry there with them having the US title match at New Beginning last year. Right. I think Jay White's your guy, right? I think that's going to be a, a focal point in in the late winter, spring months, at least here anyway. If you're in Australia, you're flip flip that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think Jay White might be uh, a good pick for for both of those guys. Oscar Rooney says, who gets the big title belt first, Osprey or Ricochet? So I guess he means, do we get Osprey? Well, who's winning a world title first, basically? Does NXT count as the, as the world title? 
I don't think so. We're talking big boy division WWE. Yeah. So so Ricochet would either. I don't think win. Osprey's. I don't think Osprey's. Uh, sorry, I don't think Ricochet is touching either of those. Neither do I. WWE titles anytime soon. Neither if do I. Ever. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, major changes would have to happen. Well, you know, I say that. You know, look at you know AJ one Daniel Bryan. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna say if I had to pick one, and I don't think either of them will. I'll say will. And you know what? No, I'm not. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Ricochet. Just by the way that they they book titles and shit. That you know he could everyone have a, gets two, a turn. Yeah, everybody gets a shot at it. So yeah, I'll go. I'll, I think the odds, like if if you're a betting man and you're looking for odds and safer odds, Ricochet probably is your better bet. So I'll go there. Yeah, and if you're including the NXT title, Ricochet will have that sometime next year. I'm certain. Yep. So we'll have it next week. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Podmania says, who is winning New Japan Cup and why is it definitely Sonata? But seriously, early picks for G1 finalists for next year and subsequent headliners for Wrestle Kingdom 14. So again, I said it. Uh, Okada, maybe he beats, let's say, a Jay White in the G1 final and then goes on to face Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, New Japan Cup, I'm doubling down with my Sonata pick after I analysed all the data from the World Tag League. So Sonata to win New Japan Cup. G1 finalists, Okada beating Jay White, and then Okada versus Naito at the Dome. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds logical anyway. It sounds sounds like a plan to me. Um, I'll stop at the New Japan Cup. I think Sonata's probably an, odd, an, an odds-on favorite. Everybody kind of... Every year we go through this, you know, it's, oh, this is Evil's year. Oh, this is Sonata's year. Oh, this is Evil's year. I, but I really feel like this is a Sonata year. So uh, I'll, pick, I'll pick him for uh, winner of the New Japan Cup. Goldfather says, not looking at the card for Wrestle Kingdom, who's going to win a major title for the first time in their career? Uh, this is Intercontinental or World Title. Jay White, Sonata, Evil, Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr. I think we still have time for Jay White. I don't think it's necessarily going to be Jay White winning a title, a heavyweight title this year. Um, so I'll say, I yeah, you go first. I, I, I would say either an Abushi or a Zach for an Intercontinental. Yeah, I was going to say that Zach IC title. I could see that happening. I think that would be good. I think Zach could uh, lift the prestige of the belt back to where it once was. Yeah. And Paul says, 2019 predictions. That's my prediction. I'm going to go with that. Zach Sabre Jr. to become Intercontinental title at some point next year. And you've had loads of other 2019 predictions there for free. So you can have those, Paul. Yep. Um, Again, my prediction is that Madison Square Garden, we will have the debut of a major name that is currently not on the New Japan roster make his debut at Madison Square Garden. Are you going to say who? Damon McDonald. (laughs) 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 Tag team champions, Joel Abraham and Damon McDonald. That is correct. Uh, No, I have no names. No, I'm not giving names. I'll just say it's a name that everyone will be happy and, or at least, uh, will be like, you know, wow, at least. At least you're going to get a wow. All right, so you have got someone in mind. I have a couple people in mind. 
All right, and so have you got some sort of inside source, or is this just a gut feeling? Um, not. I wouldn't say an inside source, but just um, I, I, we'll go gut feeling. I'll say gut feeling. That's. I'm going. To, we're doing predictions. That's that's my prediction. We'll we'll just leave it at that. Okay, well, let's wrap it up then. Uh, please, if you would like to join our Discord, because the Discord's great. And we've had lots of new people joining, so please join in the fun. Lots of good chat about New Japan, amongst other things. We've got channels to talk about cats and food and crisps and all other things. What I and like. Barry so, Wyndham. And Barry Wyndham. Yeah, there will be now. Maybe we could make a... Well, it's not a porn channel, the opposite of porn. Yeah, yeah, because you need... Yeah, it needs to be like... Uh, the opposite of it, right? Okay. All right. Sorry, it's cut you off. <laughs> uh, it's still the festive season, so do check out our pro wrestling tea store. It's not too late. To, well, it is too late for Christmas, but a, a late Christmas present gets yourself or someone you love a Super J Cast T-shirt. Uh, big thank you to Editor Dan. Please visit his YouTube channel Two One Nine Films and a Vodcast. Please subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Uh, you've probably switched off by no, you won't have switched off by now because you still got to stay around for the Kevin Kelly interview. Listen to the Kevin Kelly interview. Enjoy and Merry Christmas, everybody. You're gonna wish the, wish the listeners a Merry Christmas, David. Oh, you oh, I literally everyone's like waiting for Kevin <laughs> Kelly to come on. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, happy holidays. Yes, enjoy the Kevin Kelly interview. It's a it's a banger. Uh, we definitely enjoyed doing it. So enjoy. Merry Christmas and have a safe and happy holiday, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening and enjoy the interview with Kevin Kelly. Hello, everybody. and Welcome to the Super J cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. And we've got a very special guest with us today. The English voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling or New Japan World and now Access TV, Kevin Kelly. Kevin, it's an absolute honor to have you with us on the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us. We're two weeks away from Wrestle Kingdom 13. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. Um, if you would have asked me that a month ago, before the card was all released, I would have said, I'm a little anxious because I wasn't sure how this year's Wrestle Kingdom was going to shake out. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with all of the really intriguing matches that we have because there's just there's several that was like, oh, it'd be nice if they could do that. It'd be nice if they could do that. And they wound up doing all the ones that I thought would be nice if they could do that. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really excited. And Joel, this is our first time together, right? Like, this is our first chat? Yeah, that's correct. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while, Kevin. I feel like I know you, though. You know what I mean? Like, you're the familiar voice now. It took a little while. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like all of a sudden now, oh, it's Joel and Damon. It took a little bit. But now I'm there. So... It uh, it definitely was worth sticking around, and I've enjoyed listening to you guys and how the show has grown. I, I, Thank you very much. It's yeah. been a big uh, learning experience for us. I was obviously a huge Purocast fan, so I, I miss Colin as much as everyone else does. But uh, I think we've no, got a different vibe going on. We don't miss him that much. Let's let's not get panicky. That's exactly but right. It's it's fine that he's gone. In fact, if he stays gone, that's okay too. Did Damon tell you how he savagely brutalized me on the first New Japan show that I did? No. Oh Tell yeah, you, you, wait a minute, you you do know this. So, uh, what was it, Kevin? Well, it was uh, King of Pro King Wrestling. King of Pro right? Wrestling, October fifth, uh, two thousand fifteen. All right, let's just say that, uh, <laughs> and I was a little, uh, I was a little fair. Fair. I wasn't fair. I was not fair. Well, I, I think I was fair. It could because here's the thing. It was it was from the heart, and it was from. But you know, listen, you know how I can get. So 
Uh, it was full of uh, pep and vim. We'll just call it Joel. And uh, <laughs> wait, but here's the thing. But Joel, uh, but uh, but uh, Kevin was was such a gentleman. He reached out to us and was like, "Hey, thank you for the constructive criticism. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm aiming to kind of uh, get my feet wet and get get going here. But again, the feedback is great." And I, you know, I'm t- now I'm talking to Colin. I'm like, oh, do I feel like such a jerk? <laughs> do I feel like such an ass? And then we met in uh, Vegas was, I, th- I think, the first time we actually met. But, but I would always see you in Philly. I would always see you at the uh, 2300 Arena when you were doing the Ring of Honor stuff. Um, but that was really the first time it was an official, you know, podcast uh, uh, play-by-play guy meeting. So, and you were very kind there. We did an interview for the for the show, Joel. So this is this is Kevin's second time here for the longtime listeners. They know that. But uh, right. yeah, it's uh, it, it's good to have you. We kept. Pro- I remember catching up with you at uh, the G One special, and uh, we were talking about you know, oh, we got to do a G One preview. We got to do a G One preview, and it was just like, oh, it just never happened. So I made sure this year we got you on, and uh, I'm thrilled, and uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. You ready? You ready for some real tough, hard hitting journalistic questions, Kevin? Yes, but I will bring back the buzz is buzzable. Okay, I will nice. bring that back. Nice. Um, because I think there is there is some good buzz about this show now. I think I think the first match, the opening match, and I'm not talking about the, the, the pre-show match. I'm talking about match number one on the card has gotten people really excited about the whole rest of it in, in Ibushi and Osprey. Um, and that was a match that would I'd hoped would happen, and then Will got hurt, and it's like, I don't know if it, if if we're going to be able to do it. And then they are doing it. It's like, great, now there's buzz, and the buzz is buzzable. It is buzzable, and I'll tell you what, the, and, and I don't think anybody, any of our listeners would disagree with this. That is going to set a tone. I mean, if they give them time, Kevin, that could steal the show. That could be the best match of the night. I don't want anybody to get their hopes up, though, because traditionally, you know, how many times did we say that about, you know, the four-way junior tags. And it was always, you know, it was a little bit confining, let's just say. Um, but there isn't anybody ever screaming at these guys saying, go home, go home, go home. So if they if they put some time in, it's it, I don't think anybody would cry. It's the same number of matches as there were last year. And last year, I believe the shortest match was around 14 minutes. So um, I don't think anyone's going to get shorted for time. Yeah, I think hopefully everyone's going to be able to go out and do their stuff. And it should be. And last year with the uh, the Never Gauntlet in the body of the show, that took up time with entrances, et cetera, et cetera. With it mostly being singles, except for the two three-way tags, otherwise singles, I think you, you get some more match time for that, um, which will be good. So I would expect... I'd, I'd expect that average number to go up a little bit. Okay, my next question for you then, how do you prepare going into a huge show like Wrestle Kingdom where, as we said, every match is a potential match of the year candidate? Well, it's still a card. A wrestling card for me is a, is a, is a um, multi-course meal. So your appetizer, your entree, your dessert, you know, and not everything is the main event. Um, but every match is standalone. If you, if you took all the matches on this card, uh, they could all main event a show. They could all main event a new beginning. They could all main event, um, you know, one of the, 
middle of the year non you know non big shows. So how do you, how do you rate them? I think you put them in their proper place and you treat them all with great importance. But you realize that it, you, as an announcer with no backup, I got to pace myself through a five hour plus show. So it's it's important. And then I've also got the, the access audience to consider as well, which is a little bit more uh, casual. And there'll be some folks that just jump on for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, look, same day. I can watch this. Cool. Great. Um, so there's got to be a little bit of an educational curve in that regard. So there's weighing out all those different things and making sure that I take care of my core audience, which is the, I think the biggest sector, um, and, and making sure that I don't get too far ahead of myself. I don't ever try to get too cute and, um, just try to keep the boat going in the water. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's easier said than done. Let's 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 work our way back. Let's start from the top, okay. and let's talk a little bit about this Omega and uh, Tanahashi main event that really feels to us and even to our listeners too. They've mentioned this to us that this match, this main event, it feels like they're they're not just fighting for a title. There's a lot of uh, under uh, undercurrent, understory, under under something. Where it's it's almost they're fighting for the ideals that they hold true for pro wrestling. Do, do you feel that, and and do you see that as a positive for this main event? And to further that, do you see that being a positive for New Japan moving forward in 2019? Well, I think that um, I think there's going to be a lot of external factors this year that predicate that sort of overwhelm that you know, the future of Kenny. I think a lot of the speculation, there was speculation a couple of years ago, whether he was staying, whether he was going. And I think there'll be some more speculation about that this year. This is the time to do this match. Um, this is the only time to do this match. I, I, I don't know how many more times Tanahashi will be able to will himself uh, and put all the extra work in to be able to uh, win a G1 and main event at Wrestle Kingdom. I just think at some point it will defy everyone's logic. And at some point, even he, the man who never gets tired, will say, OK, enough is enough. Um, so they have to do it now. I'm so intrigued. I, I wonder if it's almost too like, you know, on too much of a meta level to where it's it's it, it, we're not talking about a personal rivalry. Personal rivalries draw money. You know what I mean? This is not it, it is as I, I think both guys truly dislike one another. Yeah, uh, it's not even thinly veiled i think there is i think there is just uh deep-seated long-standing i don't like you heat between each guy and they can be cordial they could be civil but would either one have the other over to dinner i don't think so hmm. now, um now, what, they can what, what do you business think, what, they can do business but but nothing else yeah what that's do you, it what do you think the cause of that is i mean again i don't need you to Dig, dig into locker room gossip and all that, but what do you think the core of that is? I don't know for sure, but if I did have to venture a guess, I would say that Tanahashi has never, ever been a fan of Kenny. And that if Tanahashi doesn't like something, I think it's it's almost death by a thousand cuts. He never comes out and MFs you to your face, but I think there could be hints and whispers. And uh, I think that a lot of that over time, 
it hasn't necessarily it hasn't done any damage to Kenny, but it's certainly Kenny knows who his friends are and who his enemies are in the locker room. And he's got a good gauge for that. And Tanahashi doesn't care one way or the other. He really doesn't care if he likes you. Now, I know for a fact he likes me. So that's good. Yeah. So that means I can get what I need from him. And he I can I can trust that what he's telling me is true. And we haven't necessarily directly talked about this, but we have talked about philosophy of wrestling and style and what is right. Is there right? And, you know, which is the way to go? He makes a convincing argument. I will tell you this, that if you do sit down and talk with him and his English is good enough to where you can have a conversation with him about this subject and and we can understand each other. So where did it begin? I don't know but I love it and I want more of it because yeah. it's different than anything else. It is. And again, you kind of touched on it, you know, and it is a sticking point for a lot of our listeners. And I don't want to say all Western eyes, but you know, it's, 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 a lot has been made both positive and negative. Again, he won our uh, wrestler of the year poll just recently, but, but there has been a lot of positive and negative over the, the Kenny title reign. Uh, what's been the feeling so far from the people that you've talked to in Japan? Like, what's the general temperature of of his title reign so far for New Japan? I have not noticed any uh, significant difference in... Now, this is the first time that I have been, you know, seeing a champion win a title at Dominion who had not won the title before. Now, I'm not sure when the last time that was off the top of my head. When Okada won the title back from AJ at Dominion a few years ago, he'd already held it. And when you have a first-time champion in the summer, right before G1, and you've only got a couple of title matches before Kingdom, what do you want? You know what I mean? Um, I think that Kenny not being part of the Road 2 shows is... I think playing a role in that, but again, he's the champion. And I, I think a champion is a bit of an attraction. So let's treat him like an attraction. And I think there's also that historic, well, everybody's more popular on the chase. And then once they win it, they're never as popular. Uh, that's for anybody. And how you shape your reign is always shaped over time. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where it stands. Um, but in terms, I, I also think Kenny's got, Kenny's got rabbit ears too. And I think he's a little too sensitive about critiques. Um, you're telling us. You know, and that, that would be my my one advice to him. You know what I mean? Is just stop listening to anything you don't agree with. And move on. And don't harp on it. And don't think you're going to change people's opinions if you disagree with them. So I think that's kind of, that would be one thing I would say to him definitively about all of this. If people are knocking you, ignore them. Okay, uh, let's have your prediction for the main event then. Do you think we see a new IWGP champion at Wrestle Kingdom? If you ask me tomorrow, you might get a different answer, but you're asking me today, and I'm going to say Tanahashi. And it's just because I think there's going to be, you know, will there be something special? There was a special air when he defeated Ibushi with Shibata in his corner you know, to win the G1, what what tricks will Tanahashi have up his sleeve? What emotional strings will he pull? How will he, 
you know, how will he manipulate the situation to put himself in the driver's seat? Um, I don't know. He's, you know, is he going to, is this, is this the match where he just physically goes out, you know, uh, blaze of glory? I have no idea. Um, he's, he's on borrowed time. We know that his, his knees, his, you know, his body is, is towards the end. So, but I, I, if he, trust me, if he doesn't do it now, he'll never do it. And, um, I don't know. That's why I'm like, I kind of go, I keep going back and forth because there's pros and cons to each guy winning. And I could see either scenario playing out for the future. Okay. Let's talk about Tetsuya Naito. We hear from a lot of very passionate Naito fans who are disappointed at the year that he's had. They're worried about his future going forward. So please talk to us about Naito's impact in Japan and what it means for him to be facing Chris Jericho at the Dome. Well, for everybody who's wringing their hands uh, and and kvetching over the fact that Tetsuya Naito is the shell of a former self, that he's never had the year like he's had. After, oh, he should have won at the Dome. You would never know it by being in Japan. Because the, the love and the passion for him is stronger than ever. Women crying. Women crying. Legitimate. There's one woman in particular. Uncontrollable sobbing. Couldn't stop crying after he lost his act and was eliminated from the G1. And that was in August. So uh, whatever has happened over the past year, and again, uh, talk about the hush falling on the crowd when he lost to... Oh, Okada, I was one. There were 40,000 of us in the building. Everybody was convinced it was Naito who was winning. And he didn't win. And everybody was like, huh? So I, I, I love it. Take me on a long-term journey. Make me want it so badly that when I do finally get it, I'm crazed over it. Eventually it'll get there. Um, but... He knows exactly what he's doing at all times. He's master of every moment. He's he's as smart to the business as as Jericho is, and everybody gives Jericho tons of credit for being able to reinvent himself and put a situation where he is in control. Um, Naito does that seemingly with everything, and even if he may not agree with the direction or the matchups that he's being booked in, he finds a way to make it work for him and indirectly for his opponent as well. Now, and again, I just want to follow up on what you mentioned with Jericho and how he reinvents himself. So i got a double dip for you, Kevin. One, to me, and, and again, we're old school fans. We, we know the magic of Terry Funk. And, and that's the comparison I have for Chris Jericho. He feels like Terry Funk circa 1989, the, the middle-aged and crazy Terry Funk. Uh, can, do you see that? Do you think he can? He draws inspiration from that, or do you just think he's just creating something on his own and 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 his he's his own muse on this? And then secondly, I, and, and the, yeah, okay. the the intercontinental title, you know, was it wasn't really a focus this year. Um, do you see a light being shined on that title as we move forward in two thousand nineteen? Well, um, all right. So, to so the first question first. And I think there are several generational components to what Jericho is doing. You know, I think Don had made sort of that Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen comparison at one time that he is kind of taking that march through the crowd and um, 
just saying whatever's on his mind, doing whatever physically, being more physically dominant and aggressive than anybody else and being like kind of those guys were in the early 80s. And then the Terry Funk comparison, too, is is um, is really valid because when you when you look at how far he's gone at physical provocation, uh, you know, again, we all remember when when Funk attacked Flair and pile drove him on the table and that set, you know, in you know, of course, through the whole rest of that year leading to the I quit match. And, um, you know, if you told me that that's where this story will end, will the story end at Wrestle Kingdom between Jericho and Naito? I would say no. And, you know, the three is the magic number. So while we have had a few confrontations, I think we're going to get one more out of this. And it will be the final blow off, if you will. Um, is the Intercontinental title better off on Jericho's waist than it would be on Naito defending it against whomever? Maybe. Um, I'm not sure. And it really just would depend on would Naito's opponents step up and be at the level of Chris Jericho? I don't know if there is anybody at that level. And therefore, I don't know if the title is better off sort of being on ice for six months and, you know, only defended it at Dominion and at Kingdom. I'm kind of cool with that. It's, you know, I would to sort of pivot and talk about the never title for a second. We talked about Goto wanting to defend against Ibushi so that the never title would be more important. Well, Ibushi winning instantly made the never title more important. So Goto got his wish. He's just out of the picture. I think the same could be said for the intercontinental title that Jericho makes that title more important, even though he's only, he hasn't, Defended it, but one time in, in November. So, uh, Speaking of shining a light, Jay White is had an incredible year. Is this match versus Okada one of those landmark matches that can and, and hopefully will be a launch pad for his career? Um, no, because I don't think that the result will change anything. I think that the once he went, once Gato went with him, the future is written. And I don't, I think that this one match will not be a launching point for anything, that this will be the next chapter in the book and that it is the, he's not the rocket ship blasting off, but rather he's the, you know, triple seven going down the runway and slowly beginning to elevate and then rising up and continuing to climb to eventual cruising altitude. That's where I see Jer- where I see with Jay White. I, I think it's a, um, you know, it's a long term, long money investment with Jay White. With this year's Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom thirteen being an important part, but not the beginning, middle, end of any story with with Jay White. And let's talk about his opponent. This is your first Wrestle Kingdom with Okada not in the main event. How do you think that impacts the show? Uh, well, first time, yeah, first time in, uh, so he was involved in the main event picture indirectly at six as he came back from, uh, excursion, beat Yoshihashi and then challenged Tanahashi. Um, it's weird, but I think tickets are moving ahead of last year. So business is okay. I'm, I'm fascinated with the whole thing. I love Okada doing something different and there was no way for Okada to top what he did in his 720 day reign. 
So let's get him as far away from the title as we possibly can for as long as we can. And then just when people are so anxious that they think he's never going to get back there again, then that's when he will get there. And so I, I think that, uh, you know, ask me a prediction. I think it's switchblade. There isn't anything that's, that's going to be different about this match than has happened in all of the other matches. I am a Jay white believer. And um, I think Jay White wins and wins convincingly at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I'm going to follow up on on that, Joel. Uh, Is it amazing the year that Jay White had, and and not necessarily in ring, and and that's been fine, but outside the ring, and him becoming Switchblade, and him becoming this, this unbelievably intriguing character that it feels like with with such depth that you know it's it's been a while since you've seen something like that in New Japan. Yeah, I can't think. You know, I know when AJ came in that there was some there was some sizzle right away with it, and like I, I'm hard pressed to think about somebody that really generated this much heat the way he does, and not with any reputation. Of course, some fans knew AJ from, you know, his runs prior to TNA, et cetera, et cetera. And they were fans of him. And he had a, you know, uh, an amazing physical style that immediately gravitated the people towards him. But this is switchblade Jay white. And he's a hometown. He's a homegrown product, completely different now after excursion. And over the past year, he's found a way to generate that much level of passion from people to where they legitimately boo him. You, you know the difference between real heat and kind of pretend heat. You know, like they give, they'll give Iska some nonsense when he's biting people. They'll make noise. But no, no, no. This is anger. And this is, this is disgust with him and Gato and the whole crew. But mainly on Gato and Switchblade. Let's be fair. Um, I can't think of it. I can't make another comparison. I haven't seen anything like it. And it's truly remarkable how far he's come so fast. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we definitely agree, and I think our listeners do as well. Uh, let's let's move down a little bit. Zach Saber Jr., Tomohiro Ishii, and and it's a match you talked about it earlier about matches that we all dreamed about and and have it happening live on, in the Tokyo Dome on a big stage. Uh, seeing what they were able to accomplish at Rev Pro, how excited are you to call this match? Oh, I'm I'm thrilled because um, having called the Rev Pro shows earlier this year with uh, you know Ishii and Suzuki and uh, and then of course with Zach's victory over Okada uh, on the undercard, it was to to be able to bring this title and this company to the fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling means a lot because Rev Pro means a lot to me when when I was in ROH. Andy was trying to get ROH to sort of listen to him. And he has some really good ideas. And for whatever reason, they weren't interested. And, but I always looked at Andy like, no, this is a guy with a vision. And this is a guy that sees the importance of this relationship other than just selling tickets. It's not just, you know, let's just use new Japan. Like, you know, like a girl that you call when you're drunk and you need to get laid. That's kind of what I always felt like ROH did with New Japan. They never really did anything with them. They just needed them to sell tickets. Mm. 
Yeah. But I think Andy sees the benefit of this and sees growing his brand uh, and also helping New Japan grow in terms of the UK, which is a saturated market to begin with. And yes, he's doing it to sell tickets, but there's mutual benefit for uh, the New Japan stars who are treated like gods in the UK. It's amazing to see. They, they, the fans love them and they love the fans. So that's why I think this matchup is so important. Uh, you know, I was secretly, and I'm not so sure, I don't think so, but I was hoping that like Chris Roberts would come over and referee it. I thought that, you know, because they had done it with Todd Sinclair with ROH world mm -hmm. title match, I thought they should have done that with, with Roberts. And it might be happening. I'm not sure. I just haven't talked to him. Um, but I think that that would be the importance. So that's how important this matchup is. On top of, how physically great the match will be um, because who's had a better year, you know, than Zack Sabre jr. Maybe, maybe switchblade, uh, maybe Tanahashi, maybe, but I can't think of too many others. Uh, Zach's been pretty dominant the whole year. Yeah, just the the quality, and of course he's got some great promos uh, post match. Uh, listen, anybody who can mention Susie and the Banshees for me, Kevin is uh, is right up there at the top top of the field for You're, me. He's a pumpkin spice latte. I'm a double espresso. I love it. Uh, you can't beat that. Uh, let's no? let's let's switch gears just a, sm a smidge. Again, you called so many great matches. Let's let's look back at 2018 just for a second or two. Give me some highlights. What what are the things that stand out for you in in the uh, slideshow in your mind of 2018? What are the things that you're going to take to your grave? Well, I the the one moment that I will never ever forget, and just every time I think about it, I laugh, was when uh, Rocky got put in the Paradise Lock, and Sonata then put his headset on <laughs> at the G1, and I had to sneak because the microphone had gotten flipped up, so we couldn't hear Rocky. So I took the the stick mic, my handheld mic, and I fished it down the table and I propped it up alongside Rocky's face so we could hear him screaming. Uh, that to me, yeah. <laughs> that's like the silly. Um, and that I will never forget because it was just so much fun. Um, but then when we we go back and we look at matches and at moments, and I never will forget the symbolism of Shibata being in Tanahashi's corner. And the fact that when Shibata left, the Tanahashi really took it personally. And, you know, the two thirds of the new Musketeers were now back together. And it was, you know, those are things that I'm never, ever going to forget. Um, and I, I'm a, a glass half full rose colored glasses guy anyway. So I always focus on the positive. I just I love seeing the improvement of guys from Rapongi 3K who improved to um, uh, Connemaro and Desperado who improved, um, you know, the amazing presence that a Shingo Takagi has and how his addition to the company has been amazing. Um, Okada's reign in totality, uh, the woman crying in the G1 when, when Naito lost to Zach, Zach being so dominant in the new Japan cup. Um, yeah, it's just been it's been a lot of, you know, just great moments. And um, yeah, it's it's like when if you start writing them down, you come up with a whole bunch of them and it'd be hard to rank which one is top. But but those are a few that have really just stand out uh, 
you know, uh, importance to me. There have also been some moves and shakers backstage too. Has anything changed for you personally since Harold May took over? Oh, no, not at all. Um, he's nice. I like him. And, and and everybody, I think, is just warming up to him a little bit. Um, I don't mind a guy coming in and wanting to shake things up. I kind of like it, as a matter of fact. And if, if he knocked a couple of people off a pedestal or he got some people out of their comfort zone, then so be it. And I'm, I'm cool with all of that. Um, but yeah, he hasn't changed anything. You know, I wasn't any, I didn't curse. So he, he never spoke to me about that, <laughs> but he's really, he's really into, you know, kind of growing things globally and is working on trying to get his television deals in different countries. And, you know, like, for example, I saw, uh, they were doing promos in French. They were speaking Japanese, but they were saying, you know, uh, words about being on a television network in France and then also tried to say some lines in French, which was fun. So it was funny to see Tanahashi do that. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of good stuff coming and, and, uh, it's tough when you're a guy who comes in and business is hot, like, what are you going to do if everything's crappy and you come in and you start to fix stuff? Well then cool. Then you're the savior, but he's coming in and business is hot. So you got to really think outside the box. And that's kind of one of his strong suits thinking outside the box. Right. So uh, there've also been quite a lot of changes uh, in as much as the commentary desk goes. How's it been for you personally working with so many new people on commentary this year? I've enjoyed it. Uh, I think it is, I think it's made me better because I don't get into a comfort zone with any one person and to where, you know, it's like, we're so comfortable together. All we do is just tell the punchline to jokes. You know, it's like the old folks, uh, you know, the old uh, comedians rest home where all they do is shout out the punchline or even just the number to the joke and everybody laughs. So because of that, we're always working on uh, new personalities and we've got to kind of go slow. And what that means is, is that we have to explain the story. But at the same time, I say less, let the personality of whoever, whomever I'm working with come out. And then I jump in when it's when they've said enough. And it's time to cut them off. So I'm glad that I've always had the opportunity to work with new people because um, it helps them and it helps me and it helps the audience because it's different voices all the time. It makes us seem bigger. And speaking of different voices, you'll be joined at Wrestle Kingdom 13 by Chris Charlton. So can you talk to us a little bit about what he brings to the table? Well, he um, he's very small. He's a small man. And he makes me look gigantic, which I don't like. <laughs> it also looks like take your kid to work day, which I don't like either. And he's 35, but he looks like he's 12. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he is tiny. He's he amazing. Is tiny. I mean, listen, I, I've, I've met him. Uh, I've met him a few times. He's, 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 yeah. he's he, you know, I, I think it's a fair statement. I think he would not in agreement that he's, uh, I mean, compared to me, Kevin, I mean, geez, Louise, <laughs> it's just not good. It's like, you know, it's the, it's like, uh, tiny Tim posing with Andre, you know, it's ridiculous. Right. Like, what are you doing? He wears his suit, right? And he's swimming in it. It's like, can you get a suit that fits? I doubt they even make them that small. <laughs> um, but it, he, what he's brought is 
he's the he's the link. I think he's the perfect voice to add to the New Japan World Crew because he's a. Um, we, we have so many new fans that join us, but he he can explain things at a very elementary level at times but at the same time he can make you feel like you're in a college level course so if you're if you're happy with um you know having sort of the deep discussions over a beer he's that guy but if you want to know the nuts and bolts too of the hows and whys he's really good at that as well so it's been good he doesn't have the perfect voice for commentary some of the things he says are a little difficult to understand we're again it's to a global audience so I think that we treat him uh, special, you know, the way, and everybody always says, oh, remember Mike today when he first started, you know, the comparisons between today and, and Chris, I think are perfect. So um, that's how I want to continue to make sure we feature Chris, that he's always bringing value to, you know, to the presentation. Right. Last question then. What are you most looking forward to in 2019 when it comes to the growth of the product in and outside of Japan? Wow. Um, well, I know we're really excited for uh, the two events coming up, uh, the new beginning in USA in uh, the beginning, end of January in L.A., the 30th and then February 1st in Charlotte, North Carolina, which I kind of had like a little hand in helping them to decide where to run. You know what I mean? And that's just because of my relationship and my knowledge with the crew in PWX and and those guys, I knew they could do a great job, and I knew Charlotte would be a great market for them. Um, um, I'm looking forward to this year on Access because now fans will, if they want to bitch about the commentary, they can bitch about the commentary that they're hearing on New Japan World <laughs> because it's going to be one in the same. So we can let that go now, and we can find new things to bitch about. Right. We won't be able to bitch about Jr. and Josh Barnett anymore. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how guys step up because there are going to be roster changes. There are going to be people who leave. There's too much opportunity that's out there with WWE and this all elite thing and et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be people that leave. And it wouldn't shock me if some Japanese wrestlers leave, too. I don't think in abundance, but I think through the year, I think there's going to be some differences in the roster. And I look forward to that because that gives new people an opportunity to step up. And I always use the comparison with Bret Hart. You know, again, everybody thought that when Bret left, that business was going to go down and business went up. So I think that we could see that again, you know, and you've got the steady hand in the booking department. So I think everything will be fine no matter what happens. But Boy, this has been a fun, uh, a fun show. And I thank, you know, for you and for so many others that <laughs> are helping spread the gospel of New Japan all around the world. It's amazing. You know, uh, Damon's in uh, New Jersey. Right. And yeah. and Joel, you're in China and I'm in Pennsylvania and we're all united here talking about, um, you know, New Japan pro wrestling right before Christmas. So it's just wonderful. Well, again, Kevin, we, we truly appreciate you taking the time. Um, listen, you know, maybe one day we'll get on that Tokyo Dome pre-show, and uh, you know, or maybe when Joel's there. I, of course, I'm not going to be there, but it, when Joel is there, uh, you know, maybe you know, you, you can you can pull some strings and you know, get, make make Joel a superstar. <laughs> 
Well, you know, again, with the Hunky Boy scale being, you know, uh, we have to make sure that we don't break it. Uh, Good point. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we can meter it out somehow perhaps you know just a shadowy figure we if because if they see him that's it it's over for me uh it's over for all of us i I truly agree kevin thank you for your time (laughs) have have fun at wrestle kingdom and uh we'll talk soon thank you love you bye see you